Hey, hi, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast. So now we are back once again reading Little Women with Kendra from the West Coast Bookstores Podcast, which if you haven't checked them out, be sure to do that, and Kendra will tell you more about that in the outro. So yeah, there's that. Also, if you haven't listened to the previous episode on Little Woman, please be sure to do that first. These are very spoiler-inclusive, so read the book, listen to the first episode, or if you don't really care about spoilers, um, come hang out. That's fine, too, but we will get right into the episode. Bye! Yeah. So um, after all that, we're on to chapter four, which is titled Burdens. So I wonder, I was like, (laughs) well, that's dark right off the bat. I was like, all right, just throw that out there. So the girls are happy to be back to their regular working days. Oh, never mind. I lied. I read that wrong. So the girls are back to their regular working days and they are not happy about it at all. And everyone seems to be having a terrible day today. And they're all incredibly grumpy at breakfast. Like, even Beth, who's normally in a good mood, is just kind of, like, down. And they all end up leaving to go do their jobs uh, after just, like, not having a relatively good morning. And this is when they finally say that Mr. March lost his property trying to, quote, help an unfortunate friend, unquote. And then there's no further explanation of this at all. So it sounds like just by that, because I don't think I remember reading that, that he's maybe swindled out of his property. I couldn't tell if he was swindled or like he put up a loan to help someone and the person couldn't pay back their loan. So they took his house as collateral. I don't know. Because they don't really say anything. Like, anything could have happened. So I'm not sure. That's called being too nice for yeah. people out there that are listening. You don't put your family in that kind of danger. Yeah. It's yeah. always nice to help people, but not when you lose your house over it. Or yeah. your property. Yeah. Or your cattle at the time. I don't know what they had. <laughs> I don't know what they had. But I also wonder if it's one of those things where the girls don't know. So the narrator was like, you don't have to know what the girls don't know. But it's oh, like, a, yeah, you know, but I, because she talks to us like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. So it's like, I just kind of wonder if it's one of those things where it's like, this is what the girls think happened, which is that, you know, he was trying to help someone and they lost it. But like in actuality, maybe he had like debts he couldn't pay back or he lost his job. We have not met the dad yet. So he could be a terrible man. True. We don't, we don't know. Who could say? Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, so that's all they say about that. And then they go into the jobs of all the girls. So Joe actually works for their aunt, who apparently, when they were down on their luck, tried to adopt at least one of the kids. Which I'm like, okay, like, that's weird. Um, I don't, I mean, like, it is weird. I mean, okay, so for back then, it wasn't weird. But at the same time, this is their rich aunt. So whoever yeah. would have been adopted by her would have inherited everything. Yeah, had so much money. They even say, like, by them turning her down, they're probably written out of her will. And I'm like, well, who else is it going to go to? It's not like they have cousins. Well, the, the aunt has a parrot and a dog, so it could possibly go. <laughs> oh, it's going to be, um, uh, he- or, yeah, Ernest Hemingway, right? It's a case where he leaves his fortune to his cats. And now the city has to take care of all the cats in Key West. Oh. Wait, did I you not know about that? No, I didn't know that. You haven't been, uh, have you heard of the Hemingway house in Key West? No, I don't think so. Okay, so basically what happened is, is he left all of his money to the cats and for the, for people who wanted to take care of the cats. So what ended up happening is the city just basically made it a historical thing. And he only has six toed cats and he had like a ton of them. So now they just constantly kept breeding and there's a bunch of cats at this house, but it's like a tourist destination. So you can go through and they make money 
off of the tourist paying to get to it and then they feed the cats so all the cats are protected and living their best lives but it's it's interesting to go and see it i haven't seen it yet but i've been really wanting to because it's just a bunch of six-toed cats because they're all inbred I'm allergic to cats, so I might die in that house. But I would like to see it as long as they don't touch me. <laughs> Just, you know, like hazmat suit it. and <laughs> Or like I'll go through with a GoPro and send it to you and then you can get like my visual of it. <laughs> that works. Yeah, there you go. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we got it. Anyways, back from cats conversation. Uh, the... Joe actually says that she kind of likes her aunt and it seems like they're kind of similar people. Like they're both equally stubborn. Um, but it's nice that they at least like each other. And it's Joe kind of talks about how the aunt has this gigantic library. So whenever her aunt is taking a nap or otherwise busy, she just sprints down to the library and starts reading, (laughs) which I was like, yeah, same. I get it. Um, so Beth, Uh, does her lessons at home um, because she didn't enjoy going to school and she's really shy but really good at music and Meg babysits for a little family I guess she kind of nannies for them technically but uh, they're like a rich family and I think they have two four kids not a living nanny not a living nanny I really don't know like (laughs) if Hannah lives there or not like I don't know if we'll ever find out either I don't well okay so you I can't remember what I read but there is a part in there that we yeah we might find out I hope so because I kind of just am curious now so um and then it says like Amy goes to school but she's also an artist so that's kind of like us getting to know the girls more um Beth has a creepy doll collection. And oh, yeah. I, I've been her sister. I, I think I would have been slightly scared of her. Yeah. I know they're like, oh, it's so sweet that she wants to take care of these, like, destroyed dolls. But I'm like, mm, is it sweet? It's kind of creepy. But it also gives me a Phoebe Buffet vibe with her in the Christmas tree episode where she goes and she buys all the damaged Christmas trees so they could use them for their purpose of Christmas. Yeah. I actually haven't watched Friends. Oh my god. I don't think we can be friends. (laughs) The joke of this podcast is the sheer amount of things I haven't watched or read before so just like get used to that as this episode goes on because like these episodes go on because there's going to be quite a few times you'll make a reference to something and I won't understand it. Well, your listeners will. <laughs> I know. They'll be like, oh, that's so funny. And I'll be like, yeah. If I could understand what you're saying. <laughs> I know. I kind of understand who Phoebe is. So I have like, my sister watched it and I don't oh, know okay. why I never did. So like, I kind of know. So all the girls are back from their day and they're now sewing which the amount of things they sew in this book, because they like sew every night. I'm like, how do you have this much to mend? Because they actually say that they got behind on one of the days sewing. And I'm like, like, what are you doing? Like, there's four of you. There can't be that much to sew, you know? That is a good question, because it doesn't sound like they're like into like hardcore sports or anything. (laughs) So what are you mending like all the time? I know. Maybe it's just Joe's clothes because I feel like she would just rip everything. So they're all like, everyone has to take an article of her clothing and fix it every day. I don't know, but they sew every day. So then Joe tells them about how she read a book to her aunt and her aunt was like, not about it. And then as Joe leaves, she realized she forgot something and ran back out and her aunt was actually reading it. She was like, ha, told you so. And then Meg talks That's about- funny. I thought it was pretty funny. And then- Oh, I just thought about the sewing thing. Mm-hmm. I think they sew to change their outfits so it'll look different the next time they wear it. Oh, that makes sense. But it's like, how can you add so much, you know? Because they're still doing it every day. So I'm like, there's only so much you can change, you know? Maybe they add, like, lace Maybe and beads. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I just... You know, because I think a lot of people do like, uh, what's that called? Like cross stitch. Is that what it's called? Like when you embroider. 
So maybe oh, yeah. they're doing that and like embroidering things on their clothes too. Oh yeah. That would take like a while. On, on pillows and stuff, like little yeah. yeah. So that would take a while. So like maybe that's what they're doing. They're like adding lace, like you said, and like embroidering and making things look cool. Um, so then Meg says about her day that one of the older boys from the family she nannies for was sent away, but they're not sure why. And it never is discussed again. It's just he is gone for some reason. And I was like, maybe, because, you know, I thought maybe he'd go to war, but, like, everyone was really, like, upset and, like, wasn't talking about him. And, like, if he's going to war, that's not something you would really do. Unless he ran away to go fight for the South. Then I guess. Yeah. Could have been underage and. Yeah. Ran off. Yeah, because I know that was one thing when the Civil War was happening is like families would divide against each other. And, you know, some families would be fighting on opposite sides of the war. And it was like a big problem with the families because then they would never discuss the kid that was on the opposite side of them. So maybe that's what happened. I'm not really sure. So Amy says that at school, some kid drew a a picture of the, that some kid drew a picture of the teacher and the teacher saw it and the girl got into a lot of trouble. And then Beth says that uh, Mr. Lawrence brought over, uh, Beth says that Mr. Lawrence bought the poor woman that uh, came into the shop a big fish when she said that she didn't have food for her kids and she was trying to get a job. And so the guy who ran the store said that he didn't have anything for her to do. Um, So Mr. Lawrence bought her a fish instead. And she was like super thankful about it. And then Mrs. March said that she ran into a man who had four sons in the war. Two of them died. One was a prisoner and one is currently in the hospital in Washington, D.C. I was like, oh, that's sad. And I was like, that's uh, horrible. So I don't know if she actually ran into someone or if that was like a lesson to the girls to be like, hey, this could have been you. Be thankful. But right? uh, yeah, I can never tell with her like what's fact <laughs> and what's fiction. <laughs> so then the mother um, turns all the stories from, from the day against them and tells them a story. Uh, basically resulting in that they should be thankful to all the things they already have which again that made it so I wasn't sure if that first story was true or not yeah like you're complaining too much let me tell you a horrible story to make you feel better about you being poor (laughs) literally I was like okay I guess go off I don't know so in chapter five this is being neighborly so I wonder what's gonna happen here This is the same problem I had with Harry Potter, where it's like you read the first like intro to the chapter, and it's like, uh, you know, Voldemort, and you're like, great, okay, <laughs> I guess we know what's gonna happen here. Guess who we're meeting? <laughs> yeah. So um, Joe's leaving the house with a broom in one hand and a shovel in the other. Keep in mind, we're in the north, so it is snowing. So she ends up clearing a path through the garden for Beth to play with her dolls when she woke up. I'm like, this child is going to go out in the snow to play with her dolls, you're telling me. like You're asking to die. <laughs> I'm like, it's cold out. Like, no, thank you. Wear a jacket. Like, I thought that was weird. I was like, just stay inside. It's so cold out. Why would you want to go play in the snow with dolls? Okay, so we're both from the South because I'm originally from Texas. So I don't think we would understand snow even if we I tried. I was born in Michigan. Oh, really? Yeah, I lived in Michigan until I was like seven. So it's like, I understand snow. There's not a time where I was ever like, la, 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 I want to go play in the snow. No, like I was like, let's stay inside. It's cold out there. There you heard it from a Northerner. <laughs> yeah, it's like I would go outside and play in the snow for like 20 minutes and do like you know casual snow things, and then after that I'm like, mm, okay, that's fine. I'm gonna go back inside now. But it's like you don't want to. Ha- no one wants to hang out outside. Like waiting for the bus was like the worst experience of my life. You know, like I there was never a time where I was just like, oh yeah, I'm totally gonna go plow the backyard so I can play in it. No. We actually have snow in Vegas. Um, there's a mountain that you can drive to, and there's snow on top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. 
most years. <laughs> and um, yeah, we drive up there. It's like an hour to get up there and you, you, you don't stick around for longer than like Mm-mm. 20, 30 minutes. And yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she's clearing out the backyard for whatever reason. And then Joe thinks that Lori needs friends because he's always stuck in the house. So the way to handle this, like a mature adult, she goes over into his backyard and throws a snowball at the window and then Lori opens the window and says that he's been shut in all week with a cold, uh, but he's feeling better, so asks if Joe will come up to see him. And then I was like, if this wasn't a kid's book, I was like, mm, but it's a kid's now, book. Did you notice that every time that she describes these people? Mm-hmm. Maybe I should remember that. Did you notice <laughs> that every time she describes the characters, she says that they are brown? Yeah, I did notice that. And I just thought that was really odd because I was thinking, okay, are they really brown? Or are you talking about tan wise? Well, she describes Joe specifically as being brown and says that Mary or Amy is very white and says that she has like, so basically a big thing in the South was, or yeah, in the South, but in America at that time was not like being very pale. And having like no freckles on your hands was like a huge thing. So you always wanted to like be under shade. So like if you were a very pretty girl, you know, you were very pale. And that was just like a thing. So I think they describe her as being like, quote, brown because she's really tan and she's not pale because she's outside so much. Whereas the other girls, it's like important for them to be pale. But she also, I mean, okay, so she also describes Lori as being brown, and that mm-hmm. makes sense to me because you find out in this chapter that he's mixed, which oh, he's, is kind of scary. Oh, yeah, he's Italian. He's Italian. I was like, wait, because when I think mixed, because my boyfriend's mixed, I think like half um, black. So I was like, wait, what? And I was like, wait, no, yeah, you're right. He's Italian. Yeah. So like him, when she describes him as brown, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that makes sense. And then she describes Joe as brown. And I'm like, wait, but are they all brown? Or is it just Joe? Like, is she the milkman's baby? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I think she actually means like brown as being tan because Joe's outside all the time. But um, the rest of them are described as being very fair skinned. I don't know why it was such a thing, like, that it was so important for them to be light-skinned, but it was at that time, so that's why I think she uses brown, but I don't think that Joe's actually, I think she's white, to be honest. Yeah, I don't, but I don't know about Lori, I don't know what he actually looks like, like, I don't know if he's one of those people where they're, he's actually that dark, or if, like, it's so unconventional for people not to be pasty that they were just like, oh, Okay, so Joe shows up with food in one hand and kittens in the other, and that's how I want to be greeted all the time. I was just like, with food, with small animals, sounds great to me. So Joe um, picks up the room a bit, and which makes Lori quite happy because um, he was trying to pick up his room, but like the parlor, his own personal parlor, but he could not get it clean enough by the time she got there. So it was like really nice to have someone else to like help him essentially. And so um, then Joe, they get talking and Joe explains which of her sisters is which because he was like, I've always seen them, but I have no idea who's who. So she explains it. And then this is where we find out that Lori doesn't have a mother because, you know, before this we were like, oh, he could just like be staying there. But like, no, he's lives there full time because his parents are both dead. Um, so he admits to, uh, watching them sometimes because everybody looks so happy and like, that's like the closest he has to like a mother is basically watching, um, their mother. So Joe says that she wishes that he would just come over and visit with them instead of watching, um, and just like, you know, spend time. So, um, then he's like, they're kind of getting, falling into a silence and Joe's like, oh, and let me, like, make you laugh. So she goes into a description of, like, her aunt and how, like, crazy her aunt is to, like, make Joe, uh, make Lori laugh, and um, he is, like, having a great time with that. For the first time in his life. (laughs) Literally, literally. So 
Lori invites Joe down to go see their book collection because she says how much she likes books and mentions that his grandfather is not home, uh, so she doesn't need to be afraid, to which Joe replies that she's not afraid of anyone. And Lori thinks that she, if she had caught um, his grandfather in a not-so-great mood, like, she would think differently. So they spend a little bit of time in the library, and then the doctor comes to see Lori, and um, he leaves the room. So she's, like, looking at this painting and hears someone walk in thinking that it's Lori. She admits that she... Um, oh, I lost my thought. So she admits that uh, the grandfather has kind eyes and isn't as handsome as her grandfather, but she thinks she likes him. And it turns out the grandfather, it's the grandfather walking in. And he's like, oh, that's what you think? That's like the best part that I've read so far in this book. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. But he seems to be like happy about it, which is good. But it's like, I was like, at least he didn't just like straight up dog on this man, you know? I think that like, maybe I relate to Mr. Lawrence the most, but then he's so kind that I'm like, no, that can't be possible. But he seems to like that straight honesty, like, mm-hmm don't mess with me. Just tell me how it is so I can get through this already. And I like that about him. Yeah. That's what I always like about people is I'm not one that likes to beat around the bush. So whenever people are like straight with me, I'm like, all right, we can get along. So I do like that about him that he was like, oh, oh, thanks. You think I have nice eyes? And he goes, oh, I'm not going to lose your grandfather. And she's like, oh, not really. You know, her grandfather's quite handsome. And she goes, and he's like, yeah, actually your grandfather's pretty cool. Like we were friends. And that's how you find out that they were friends. So, um, so Mr. Lawrence seems happy that she's there and says that he'll visit her mother soon and he can see, um, and as he watches, cause now Lori's come back. So as he watches Lori and Joe chat, he can realize just how lonely Lori was and he thinks that it's going to do them good, um, for Lori to be around people more. So as they're walking around, they come across a piano to which Joe's accent asks him to play because she can't really play, but she knows how much Beth loves it. And then the grandfather hears him playing and it's like, you need to stop playing. Like, I don't want you to play. So Lori stops playing very quickly. And then Joe ends up going back home and told all her sisters about it. And this is the point where we had talked about earlier that Mrs. March says that uh, Lori's dad married an Italian musician, which he didn't approve of, and then they got in an accident and died. And, like, they don't mention Lori having a sister at that point, but, like, they briefly make mention that he must have had a sister because um, the grandfather says that he had a grandson or granddaughter and, like, all this stuff that they're, uh, that Beth reminds him of his granddaughter. So, like, Lori must have had a sister. I did not put two and two together. <laughs> yeah, like he doesn't have any other kids, you know? So it's like, I'm like, oh, you must have had a sister, but he never says that he had a sister. It's just his grandfather had a granddaughter. But the grandfather. She was an illegitimate granddaughter. Could be. I make it interesting. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, I'm intrigued scandalous scandalous let me rewrite this book for you (laughs) i know i want the drama okay see it's like reading going from reading classics to reading modern classics and like switching up in between the two it is weird how much modern classics are like about like modernism as a genre and are like the end of days is near and like war and fighting and rape and i'm like (laughs) okay and then I like read this and then they're like and then they you know touch hands and they were in love and I was like okay (laughs) it's just like it's two opposite ends of the spectrum and going between each like is really screwing with my head a little bit (laughs) like I can't wait to read Lord of the Flies at some point because I've heard that one's pretty messed up so that'll be fun (laughs) I don't know anything about it except I think kids are trapped on an island or something I don't, yeah, I don't know anything about that either. Chapter six, Beth finds the palace beautiful. So this is continuing on with the whole pilgrim plot line that I still don't understand. 
Um, we talk more about like that quote game now, but like we still don't get explained to the game at all. So is this one of those random chapters that they just talk about something that they did that day? Yeah. This is when everyone goes to the Lawrence house for the first time. Okay. Yeah. There are a lot of these chapters are just very like I I'm trying to like um you know like Naruto filler chapters. Like yeah. have you seen that anime where like you, we're in the middle of a battle scene and like then Naruto's like flashback to like when he went to lunch once, you know? Um, I don't, okay, so I don't watch anime, but filler stuff I do know about because I, I write. So if you send stuff off to an editor, when, mm-hmm. once you write it all out, they'll come back with notes and they'll be like, why is this in there? Take mm-hmm. this out. Re- repetitive repetitive yeah and so it's just like so i'm used to reading books and looking at it as not only a reader but as an editor so mm-hmm. if i see something t- twice in my head i'm going repetitive repetitive why are you telling me this again yeah and so with her this book i'm just like was she just really bored and <laughs> had nothing else to do so that's why yeah. she kept writing these filler chapters like i don't understand them uh-huh. because i think in my notes further down in the chapters I'm like you know what if I think I think if Louisa was a author in our modern time she would have never got published because <laughs> there's just yeah. so much filler in there it's insane it's like to me I feel like each chapter is basically supposed to be like a 15 minute tv episode where it's like you learn a lesson at the end and it's for kids and I have to look at it that way. Otherwise, I'm like, why are we talking about this? You know what I mean? So have you, did you as a child ever read that fable book that had a whole bunch of short stories in it? And then at the end of the story, it told you the lesson that you were supposed to learn. Uh, I don't think I did, but I did read Green Eggs and Ham. Well, it was like that, but <laughs> not rhyming. <laughs> This is what that book reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like a lot of them are their very obvious lessons. And I do think that this is something that like I'm imagining that parents would read each chapter to a kid at night. And then at the end of it, they feel like they learned a lesson at each chapter. Because I feel like each chapter doesn't end on a cliffhanger. Each chapter can just be read and you stop at the end. Yeah. Like I don't think they have to be read all together. Only no new characters. You just have the same characters. Yeah literally so chapter six everyone is uh now over at the lawrence house um and mr lawrence accidentally scared beth because he said hey really loud or something so um she like ran home and didn't go back over there and mr lawrence had to come and like entice her with stories of music then asked mrs march if any of her girls like to play um the piano so they could keep the piano in tune and uh, Beth says that she really likes it and he she sneaks over and played the piano was very happy about it and like enjoying it and then it's revealed later on that Lori actually stands guard outside of the room to make sure that none of the servants go in there while Beth plays so that she thinks she's actually alone and that um, Mr. Lawrence actually cracks his door open a little bit so he can hear her playing the piano which I just thought that was super sweet. Okay, first of all, I thought that old man was going to try and marry Beth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That is like the most 2020 thought process right now, though. <laughs> like, I can and totally get that. It's so bad because it wouldn't surprise me if it, this was a modern day book. And second of all, why is it that he allowed her to play the piano and was willing to listen, but not? Lori played the piano and listened. I wonder if it's a thing with Lori that he worries that he'll take after his father and leave him. Whereas he doesn't have that fear with Beth. Oh. Is my thought process. Like, I thought that's the whole reason he doesn't want him to learn music or play music is because he has an inherent talent like his mother did because she was a musician. But his mother took, like, quote, took away, unquote, his father to Italy you know, oh, and yeah. so, like, his grandfather would then be stuck in America by himself, so he's worried, you know, if you develop that talent, where is that going to put you? In Italy? Right. 
you know? Mm-hmm. But like Lori already wants to go back to Europe. He seems to really like Europe, so I don't know. <laughs> so that happens. And then um, Beth, to thank Mr. Lawrence uh, for making, sl- uh, for letting her play the piano, she makes him slippers to thank him, which I thought was really cute. And then like places it on his desk and like runs out. So then a couple days, like a day and a half later, Mr. Lawrence sent back a piano cabinet or a cabinet piano, which at first I did not realize what this was, but it's actually like a small piano apparently. And um, that says thanks for the slippers. And it once once belonged to his grandfather or granddaughter, sorry. It once belonged to his granddaughter who died. And that is like out of the blue. They had never mentioned a granddaughter before that moment. And I was like, okay. Like, this is why I thought he was going to marry her. <laughs> He's giving her giant gifts. Yeah. But then, like, she goes back over there and asks, like, okay, they do a lot of kissing in this book. And I know that it's very, like, 21st century of me to be, like, uncomfortable with that. Because, like, we don't kiss to show affection. At least, like, in the American culture. I know it's different in other cultures. But, like, and so oh, you're talking about the, the cheek kissing. Yeah. I was like, what? Oh no! Like she kisses him on the she, she kisses him on the cheek. It's like I've never kissed people to show affection, so it was like it throws me every time they do it because I'm like, what's happening? Uh, so Beth was playing the cabinet piano, and it's like instantly in love with it. And then she walks over to thank him herself, and she's super shy, so everyone's like absolutely shocked. And then she like kisses him on the cheek to thank him. And I was like, okay. Exactly. So yeah, so marriage. That, there you go. <laughs> like that's a child marriage. <laughs> no, it's not where it's going. He just thinks it's very innocent. No, he just she just reminds him so much of his granddaughter that he just wants to kind of give her everything. Yeah, like spoil her because she's like super sweet and innocent and like doesn't isn't mouthy like her sisters are sometimes. So she they probably he probably loves that about her. She's like the personification of a great grandchild for anyone. Yeah. So, um, chapter seven. Amy's money. Ma- my yeah. notes for chapter. Seven. This one is about limes. <laughs> I know, literally. That's the entire chapter, and it's called Amy's Valley of Humiliation. And I'm like, okay, on the nose a bit for me, but all right. So, um, immediately it started out, and it says Amy owns people pickled limes and apparently it's a whole thing and like you know I remember there being some weird things at school like silly bands I went to school and silly bands were a thing um and that was weird so you know we got our silly bands banned so I was just thinking about that while I was reading this chapter and I was like man I remember when that was a thing (laughs) so it's like I'm just thinking about like the weird things that came up at my school so, like, the pickled limes did not seem like that much of a stretch to me. Yeah, like, um, whenever somebody, whenever Jessica was explaining this chapter to me on our podcast, yeah. she was like, I was like, limes, like. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> and she was like, you know how in school when you have that popular one thing that everyone brings and trades, she's like, well, theirs was limes. And I yeah. was like, okay. But she never said pickled limes. Now that you're saying pickled limes, like, I must have totally dozed over that part. Who wants a pickled lime? I don't know. It becomes even weirder with the fact that you know that it's a pickled lime now. Like, what does that even taste like? Like, I don't like pickles because I don't like um, vinegar. So it's like imagining that type of taste with a lime feels even worse to me. Like, I so want to try a pickled lime right now. I know it's like I'm vaguely I'm like mildly curious but I also don't know how I show up at the store and be like hey by the way do you have any pickled limes because apparently I need to try that you know it might be good in a corona (laughs) actually actually I I can't imagine actually just eating it by itself but like I could see it in a good beer maybe wonder if they sell them I'm gonna have to google it I got some like local markets here that I could probably because we have an um an asian market that basically has anything and we have a uh mexican market that has also anything so i'm between those two combinations and publics i'm sure i might be able to find it if i find it i'll send you a picture 
Okay. And then I'll just like buy it and like make someone else eat it and tell me how it is. <laughs> I can probably buy it and send it to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, your mail shows up and it's just even spicier because it's been pickled for longer. And you're like, why did you do this? It's going to be like 20 bucks to ship it. And I'm going to have to insure it because it's probably going to be in a glass bottle. And I'll be like, it was worth it. <laughs> oh my God. So expect whenever I find those to get your pickled limes and <laughs> that's like oh my god my cheeks hurt or hear me out i've been wanting to go to vegas so what i do is i get a checked bag I put the pickled lines <laughs> in the check bag and they'll be like do you have anything to declare and i'll be like don't look in my checked bag okay like i swear i don't and i'm like lining the checked bag with tinfoil and they're like it has to be a hard-sided suitcase only because otherwise the pickled lines are gonna get crushed they're gonna bring it out and be like what is this <laughs> they're gonna be like bubble wrapped in there and i'm really like hoping and praying that they don't just explode in my check bag oh man <laughs> you know one of uh, meg gives her sister um like a quarter to go buy pickled limes and so she bought 24 pickled limes and it's the talk of the school so miss snow who is like seems to just be like one of those mean girls um, informed the teacher that Amy had pickled limes in her desk and apparently they've been banned from the classroom last week. So the teacher makes her take all of her pickled limes and throw them out the window. And I'm like, is she, I hope at least she opened the container and she's not like throwing glass out the window because I'm like, you know, they're probably in a jar. If you're pickle, if you have pickles, it's not like you take out single pickles, put them in a bag. You keep them in the thing so they can soak up as much flavor as possible. So, like, is she like dumping this, or is she like, hey, nice glass jar? Like, hope this doesn't shatter on some poor innocent child. Well, I know whenever she dumped them out the window, they said there was a bunch of children below the window eating them. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know how well that would go, because, like, oh, I guess if they brought their own knives to cut them open, or are they already cut open? (laughs) Can't you peel a lime like you peel an orange? I've never tried it, but I feel I've never, maybe? I don't know. This is, like, a whole new territory. (laughs) The two of us having never really actually investigated lime. Yeah, so she snitches, and then... Um, the teacher makes Amy throw all the limes out and then, um, strikes her hand and he doesn't say what he strikes her with, but it's leaves cuts because they have to like heal them later and then makes her stand on a platform until recess with recess, which is only like 15 minutes. And all the girls talk about it tonight. She like literally leaves in the middle of the day during recess, leaves, goes home like that would never happen because you can't walk out of school like this day and age but like she leaves goes home and her mother is going to let her take a small break from school before they decide what they're going to do so joe literally walks into the classroom with the teacher there everyone's in stolen class she picks up all of amy's stuff and walks out and like drops a letter on the teacher's desk and i was like all right and um then at the end they're trying to get amy to not be come not be so conceited because she's becoming a little terror well joe for that day and age was it was bold of her to do that mm-hmm. that was like straight up know. queen had it been me because like i said when you do something if you do something to me and i don't like it i'm loud and obnoxious about it so if that had been me and yeah. i was amy me and the teacher would have got into it. I would be like, no, I'm not throwing away my limes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, you, literally most people would be like, okay, put it in your backpack. Don't take it out, you know? But, like, this teacher was like, throw it away. I know you spent money on it, but throw it in the garbage. And I was like, uh, no. Yeah, no. That's not like, going to happen. Can they, as students, not store their food in, like, because most of the time when you have those types of desks, you store all your belongings in that desk. You know, it's not right. like they had cubbies or anything. So like, how does he know that's not her lunch for the day? Like, right? what right does he have to be like, hey, yeah, I know that's your food, but throw it in the garbage. So I mean, she- he did ban it, but he could have just said, okay, bring them up to me. And then he could have ate them. Like, 
Yeah, let's not be wasteful here. Well, he said he doesn't like the smell of them. But it's like, you can't ban a particular food item if they're going to eat them for lunch. They do do that, though. Oh, yeah, peanuts. No, that not just peanuts, but like, um, there was a school that banned sweets in Texas. What? I keep up with some of the stuff. So they banned like cookies and like fruit roll-ups and stuff like that. And um, if like, I can't remember what happened if the children brought it to the school, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, they weren't allowed to. And then there was a mom that actually like sent some stuff there. And I can't remember what happened exactly, but it's like, how are you going to tell somebody what they can and cannot eat? Like, you're not buying groceries for them, so... Yeah. Um, okay, so chapter eight. Joe meets a polygon. It's like Apollo with a Y before the O and then the N at the end. So polygon, I guess. Um, Joe and Meg are going somewhere and won't tell Amy, which uh, she's not really happy about. And... Uh, we find out that they're going somewhere with Lori, and I believe it's a theater, and then I was confirmed correct, it was indeed the theater. And then Amy starts crying because she can't go and tells Joe, um, because she asks if she can go, and Joe's like, no, we're not going to be rude, because Lori only invited the two of us, we're not going to, like, buy another ticket, and he reserved these seats, so, like, you really can't come, and Amy tells Joe that she's going to be sorry for not letting her go. So the next morning... I don't know how she didn't know that was rude. Like... Yeah, literally. Amy is so selfish, and she's just, like, a terrible person. But she's also a child, but, like, still terrible, you know? Like, I have sisters, so, like, I couldn't imagine, like, ever being so angry at my sister that I burned something that she cares about. Yeah, that, like, it's, like... She burned her book, and then she's like, oh, but I'm being ignored, and it's, oh, it's already been a day. Why hasn't she forgiven me? Yeah. You deserve to be ignored for, like, the rest of the year. Literally. Like, so my youngest sister loves to draw, and she actually designed my logo. If you haven't seen it, like, she drew that. I've me. seen it. It's cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she drew that, and um, it would be, like, me going and, like, destroying her art. Like, I would rather die then destroy her art or anything like touch it anything like that like I just couldn't imagine being so hateful towards my sisters and like destroying something you know she cares about like it'd be one thing if you like were mad at her so you hit it you know and we're like oh ha 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 like you can't find it but like she literally as it's revealed in the next morning Amy burns her fairy tales she'd been working on for several years and has no backup of just like burns them to a crisp. That was yeah. And well, okay, so she's only Joe is only fifteen. So it's like as a writer when you're writing at fifteen. I know. I mean it's not it's like the <laughs> they're not gonna be good, but it's like the feeling behind them, you know? Like my fifteen year old stories that I thought were fantastic and should be published, I read them back the other day and I was like, Oh ouch, yikes, those are not good. That is cringy. That's what you burn on purpose at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so nobody can read it. <laughs> I know, but it's like the sentiment behind it. It's like you were working on these for years and you're like, these are amazing. And then like you learn as you get older. But like at the time, if someone had told me that my writing was terrible, I would not have believed them when I was like 14, you know? Yeah, that's true. Like Joe is super mad, obviously, and she has a right to be. And Amy is starting to actually feel guilty now. And I'm like, as you should, because you were being absolutely awful towards her. Like, you know how much she cares about her writing. Another day goes on, and Amy thinks that she should be forgiven by now. And she's, like, kind of mad that Joe hasn't forgiven her. So Joe goes out onto the ice skate, uh, to go ice skating with Lori, and Amy decides that she's going to go and try and get Joe to forgive her again. So Amy tries to catch up to them, and falls into the ice because she didn't hear uh, Lori say that you can't go in the middle because it's too thin. And Joe, because she was mad at um, Amy, didn't repeat it. And then saw her go out in the middle, didn't yell a warning or anything, and then watched her go down in the ice. So Amy, um, they were able to pull her out really quickly. We got her home and she's fine. But now Joe feels guilty because she literally almost let her sister drown 
if um, Lori wasn't fast acting. And so Joe's confessing to her mom and she's like very worried that one day she'll let her temper get the best of her and she'll make everyone hate her. And I'm like, as someone with a short temper, I was like, this hit a little too close to home for me. <laughs> right. I was like, ooh. But in reality, if you really think about it, like from a parent point of view, Meg should have never told Amy, hey, yeah, just go follow her. She'll forgive you. Everything yeah. will be okay. No. Like uh, they're going ice skating. So obviously it's not going to be the ice skating that we go to, like a, yeah. a rink, you know, it's going to mm-hmm. be on a lake that's dangerous. Joe has already gone. So mm-hmm. she doesn't know that Amy's following. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's so many dangers. No. Like, oh yeah, go follow her, whatever, you know. Get out of my hair. Literally, it's like, there was a lot of things that should not have happened. And like, for the fact that Amy did not get any sort of reprimanding, for the fact that she burned a prized possession of her sisters, I was like, um, they're like, the guilt will teach you a lesson enough. No, no, it won't. Like, she should have gotten some sort of actual reprimand for doing that. Like, she really hurt her sister. Maybe because she was the baby. But it's just, it's so annoying. And it's like, you wonder how she's growing up to be like conceited and terrible when they treat her like this. They like give her the best of everything. Yeah. So, um, Miss, Mrs. March then admits that she too has a temper, but after 40 years, she's learned not to show it. So now we've established how old Mrs. March is. She's in her 40s. Yeah. So that means that the dad has to be older. And then he went off to war. Yeah. Like- yeah. I guess. I don't know. And in that day and age, he could have been 10 years older than her. So he could actually Mm -hmm. be like 50 going off to war. And it's like, really? You thought that was a good idea? I know. Like, basically everyone went off to war. So it's like if uh, a man of the house was home, it was seen as weird. Like, the fact that Lori was even home, like, with how young he is, is still kind of strange. Because I think they let you sign up in that time for the military at, like, 16 and maybe about his grandfather wouldn't let him. Probably. Or maybe oh. he was so sickly. They were like, no, you can't go. Hopefully. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like, there was this whole theme with Gone with the Wind, how all the girls couldn't find husbands because all the men were off to war. And there was, like, very few that were still home. Oh, imagine if you got stuck with those. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> most of the ones that were still home were, like, either... Like, basically, every family had to send at least, like, one boy. So it was either, like, the younger boys that were still home or, like, you didn't go to the military for a reason. Like, you were either, like, sickly or, like, you had you had gone to war and then you came back because you got injured or whatever. Like, most people went. So it was, like, very strange for anyone to actually be home. There was, like, a whole thing of people getting, like, rush married and they would, like get married before they sent their their now husband off to war and they'd be like married they'd like court date get married like it, all within like two weeks like meet start dating get married i can't no i can't with it. yeah um so then um Mrs. March talks about how their father helped her get through a lot of her temper because he's so patient. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. And then Amy and Joe hug and make up. And I was like, really? Because, like, you both just did, like, terrible things. Neither of you, like, Joe, I feel like, learned from her lesson, and Amy really didn't. It's kind of how I felt. So, chapter nine, Meg goes to Vanity Fair. (laughs) (laughs) this chapter i didn't really like to be honest i thought it was fun like that's the funnest chapter i've read so far i i think i didn't really like it because i don't enjoy gossip or like these types of circles like i don't enjoy them happening to me so like reading it i was just kind of like i always put myself in the place of the character and i was like oh i would hate this circumstance Okay, so that's all we're going to talk about today. Kendra, where can all the people of the internet find you and your podcast? And if you want to tell everybody a little bit more about it and those kinds of things. I know you already did in the intro, but if you want to add anything, you know, you feel free. So me personally, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, 
Pinterest. I think that's it. And it's all at KE Radke Universe. And I'll so add that in the, the show same. notes. <laughs> yeah. And then um, for our podcast, it's on Instagram, it's at West Coast Booksters. And then on Twitter, it's WC Booksters because it was too long <laughs> for Twitter. <laughs> and then I also made a Pinterest for the podcast, but it was kind of like a joke thing because I teased Jessica about tentacles. <laughs> what and so yeah uh we have a like a joke about tentacles and how she likes her tentacles and then she'll tell you no I don't like them Kendra likes but anyway so I have like a whole Pinterest board of just decor for her tentacles I love a meme Pinterest board (laughs) on Pinterest I don't think she's ever seen it like I don't even know if she's aware of it but it's under Jessica's decor (laughs) oh I love that um and I think oh we're also on Facebook for West Coast Pictures too okay perfect yeah so make sure you all check them out check out their podcast and all that good stuff and we will catch you in the next recording bye bye Thank you all so much for joining us on this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. I hope you guys are enjoying this read-through of Little Women. Um, it's kind of like wintry, you know, a lot. It's for a, a lot of people, it's a comfort read, so I hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, thank you once again to Kendra for being on this episode. I hope you all are having a great holiday season and you're finding some way to make it special, even though we're in quarantine and we are you know not able to see our friends and family like we normally would I hope you guys are just finding your own way to enjoy the holiday season to make it special to I don't know maybe do something you enjoy like read one of your favorite books this next couple weeks I don't know um but yeah I hope you guys are staying safe being happy all that kind of fun stuff Um, if you want to follow me, I am at Barely Bookish on basically everything. Um, our logo was designed by my little sister, Sarah, and our theme song is by Raphael Crux from freepd.com. So that's all I have for you guys in this one, and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye!